Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us. This is Alicia and Whitney on Coming Coming Up Higher, where we're cultivating atmospheres for God to move in everyday life. Welcome back to Coming Up Higher. We are so excited for this episode because we have another guest. His name is Jeremy Watkins, and he actually hails from the same hometown that we do, Rockford, Illinois. So we know you're going to love him. And he just has such a revelation of what it means to be a son of God and also a bride of Christ. And that pours through all of the content that he creates. And on this episode, we talk about the verse, seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And Jeremy made a powerful, powerful statement. He said, no matter how big a dream is, no matter how big a passion is on earth, it will never compare to what you've already succeeded in the highest point of success with God in heavenly places. And that really sums up uh, a lot of what we talk about in this episode, and it really sums up just the heart of Jeremy and his ministry. So let's not waste any more time. Let's jump into the conversation. All right, guys, thank you for joining on Coming Up Higher. This is Alicia and Whitney. And we are so excited about our guest today. We have Jeremy Watkins on with us. Yay! (laughs) Let us tell you a little bit about Jeremy. He is the author of the Chasing Romance book series and founder of Wild Heart Relationship Guide. He is a creative writer, speaker, and relationship guide for those who have been traumatized and disabled by fear. Jeremy envisions reaching a generation longing to encounter the love and presence of God. Through God-inspired, thought-provoking writings and conversations, Jeremy challenges Christianity to explore the depths of God. He believes shifting the focus from fear to love starts the journey of transformation. That's so good. And another important thing to point out is that he is also a fellow Rockfordian <laughs> like us. Rockford. A15, yeah. you better represent Rockford, Illinois. <laughs> and, and we graduated from the same uh, high school too, a few years apart, but <laughs> but it was actually social media that connected us through even though we had all these connections. <laughs> oh nuts, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were, meant for this. we were definitely meant for this for sure. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Amen. That's what one thing we love is we followed Jeremy's ministry is that there's just such a, a like heart and a like spirit with him and just the focus that he has um, with the love of, of the father. And it's, that's, that's so important. So many times it's easy to, to think of God as like this harsh judge or someone that's disappointed in us, but actually realizing that our relationship comes out of a well of love that he has for us and that's one thing we've appreciated following uh jeremy's journey because he just has such an amazing way of Mm -hmm. of of talking about that (laughs) so yeah so uh tell us a little bit about how that love found you tell us about you know your journey with god and 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 how you got here man uh it started at 15 and um i remember my best friend chris harris a man this dude was like 16 years old but he had like the spirit of like a 40 year old dude with jesus <laughs> he just knew how to live in the spirit it was insane and uh i remember i would always come over to his house and him and his dad was always having these deep conversations about god and uh one day he was just like jay man like 
this is the truth, bro. Like, there's heaven and there's hell. Like, remember we used to use that? It was like, mm-hmm. there's heaven and there's hell. But it wasn't condemnation. He was like, I want you to spend eternity with me. You're my best friend. Mm-hmm. And this right. is where Jesus is going to be. And I was like, bro, I want that too. So <laughs> gave my life to Jesus uh, right before turning 16. And then he took me over to his house. And one day in the basement, he shut off all the lights and turned on some, like, worship music. And he was like, we're going to we're gonna pray in the spirit. I was mm-hmm. like, pray in the what? <laughs> Like, bro, what you, what you about to do, bro? Yeah. Why is it so dark down yeah. here? Like, awesome. why am I in a basement? <laughs> I'm here to say, uh, here's where the cult comes in. You yeah, know right. I mean? <laughs> and he starts praying. And then the next thing you know, like, I just felt the tangible presence of God. And I was like, what is here? And the next thing you know, I just started kind of submitting and surrendering to that experience. And I just, the, the encounter that I had was just undeniable. So he um, asked to baptize me in the spirit. And then when he laid hands on me, I literally felt the fire of God come from his hand into me. Wow. And I hit the floor. And then as soon as I got up, I immediately started speaking in tongues. Hmm. And then from that moment, that's where the radical act started happening. At age 16, I experienced my first healing miracle. Literally wow. saw like a huge hole in my friend's head, came from a basketball injury, laid hands on it, prayed to, prayed a prayer. And, and then it like swelled up and closed and stopped bleeding immediately. Wow. wow. And in that moment, I was like, okay, this is, this, the God of the Bible is real. <laughs> yeah. this is so much bigger than I can imagine. And so for about 10 years or for about five to 10 years from that point, you know, went through my stages of struggle, backsliddenness, slin, and, you know, generational curses. You're like, what is all this darkness in me? I didn't, what is this? Right. Starts being exposed. And then around like 26, 27, um, that's kind of when the revelation of love really came for me. And all of a sudden, that's when I really saw God for who he was as father first before he was anything else. Mm-hmm. And that's when sonship kind of entered in. And uh, once that came, uh, just just everything about God just began to shift. And so everything that was broken in my life, God just started restoring. Like I never really had like a deep relationship with either of my parents. And the next thing you know, like in moments, God was just teaching me how to reconcile broken things. Mm. And so like now today, like, you know, my dad, we had like an abusive relationship when I was a kid. And now he's like my best friend. I've helped my dad heal from scars and pains and helped him finally come into a place of living living out of intimacy and vulnerability. Now Mm. he says, I love you all the time when he never said it when I was a kid. Uh, He'll call me and ask for counsel for things in his life. Um, My mom. She calls me like her pastor. Now we're super wow. close. If I don't call her in like three days, like she'll blow up my phone. Like she's like, yeah. yeah. And uh, man, everything that has been broken, even like with my divorce. So like got married, thought it was a God thing. was like, oh, we hear the Lord. Walked into it. And it was like nothing but trauma for the both of us. Walked mm-hmm. away from God for a year in my marriage and um, learning how to be a dad for the first time. And after the divorce, um, God was like, I am restoring you. I'm like, what? I just destroyed a marriage. Like we just destroyed a marriage. And the first thing you said is you're going to fix it all. Mm. And this past year was probably the year where the final piece to my belief system was finally become complete. And that was like living from grace. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is grace? Like I knew what grace was, but like, what is living from grace look like? Right. Yeah. And, uh, and so when that finally happened, everything kind of clicked. And now, like, I have this amazing co-parenting relationship with uh, my daughter's mom where I'm like, like, God will, like, tell me, like, hey, she's not okay. And I'll just call her. I'll be like, yo, what's good? Mm-hmm. Like, Man, I just had emotional breakdown. I was like, all right, let's pray. 
Yeah. So like I encourage her awesome. constantly, like speaking God's promises over her, making sure that she's healthy, that she's whole. And it's like strictly platonic, but it's like godly. Mm-hmm. And we have this amazing environment for my daughter where all she knows is love. And uh, man, she is, she is anointed, man. Yeah. She's great. So, you know, all those things yeah. uh, kind of transition is like short story box. Then of no, it's you know, all, how everything became what it was. Yeah. And I'm, you know, reminded of in the Bible where it says your goodness and mercy are chasing me down. And, yeah. you know, um, from the time you were really from the time you were born, but yeah but God has been chasing you down, but you, you sense that encounter when you were 15, 16 mm-hmm. years old. And then, you know, when you fell away and he restored you, it, it, when yeah. you felt at your lowest. Yeah. And I think about David, you know, in the Bible, he had just committed adultery. He had just committed murder and, but yeah. he still knew how to, God yeah. was still chasing after him. Yeah. And yeah. because his yeah. heart was open and because mm-hmm. his, his heart was in a place of surrender, um, mm-hmm. he was able to experience those encounters. Right. Yeah. That's so and I'm, good. I'm reminded when, as you were talking, I just heard recently, um, one of our spiritual dads that I have, he was preaching and he was talking about the, um, different relations, like the, the levels of relationship we have in God. Yeah. And he talked about yeah. how first you start off as a servant yeah. and you become a friend and yeah. then you become a son or daughter and then you become bride. Wow. And I just love like hearing you talk. I'm like, he went through those steps. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that was so accurate. Like just yeah. moving from a servant to a friend, to a son, to a bride. Yeah. yeah. And I, f- I feel like, um, you know, with the, the devotional series that you do, the books that you've written, you really, uh, you really kind of talk about that. Uh, yeah. It, it's all encompassing of that. And so tell us, tell us about your devotionals or your books. Uh, we want to yeah. hear more about that. Yeah. So, uh, so the first book I wrote, uh, home, uh, I wrote that at like, uh, the end of 2016, I was in Tampa at the time and I was like being mentored in in the film industry by a close friend of mine. And so I had a lot of downtime. I was spending like eight hours a day in the presence of God. It was crazy. of just like, like living and breathing God. And in that he gave me this revelation. He was like, Jer, like, I want to let you into my heart. Like, this is where you were made to live. And you need to know what's inside of it. And I was like, what? And it was like, and then he just took me to John 15. He goes, this is the thesis of, of mm-hmm. our relationship. This is literally like all, every core value is made from the scripture. I abide in you. You abide in me. And mm-hmm. I was like, what is abiding mean? He goes, you were made to live here. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, live in the heart of God? What does that look like? And so next thing you know, he started giving me these visions and illustrations. And I was literally encountering them in the spirit of like these rooms. And so like in the book, um, there's like these rooms in God's heart. So there's like the prayer room, the secret place, uh, the what's the one where he dances? The uh, I can't even think of the name for some for some reason, but there's a room where you do the dance with Jesus. And then there's uh, then there's a library. There's a repentance chamber. And then it ends with the garden. Mm, and yeah. so basically it's like we go back to the place where we first broke God's heart and we're yeah. waiting for like chastisement punishment. And actually there's a wedding in the garden mm. waiting for us. That's and good. it's like wow. this beautiful depiction <laughs> of what it looks like in God's heart that in the places where we think that we have damaged the relationship is a very same place where he's ready to actually start over as though nothing ever happened. Mm-hmm. And so in that book, it's a wonderful depiction because there's like invitations. So like the reader gets to see 
like what's in my heart that leads me to the heart of God. So it's like unworthiness, unforgiving, um, undone. It's like all these areas where I have allowed myself to be disconnected from the reflection of God in me and like unveiling that to God. And then God always has a response. So it starts with a conversation. It's like, God is like, God, why? Like I'll ask God, like, why me? And then they'll say the response and God would say, why not you, you know? Mm -hmm. And so all these, all these conversations within that book is to really kind of give the readers an opportunity to know what it's like to be overwhelmed by the love of God when we actually dwell in him and what that experience is like when we live there. That's good. And so, uh, so that's home. And then the devotional series, uh, I wrote the closer when I was on a fast for seven days and I wrote it when I was in a fast for seven days, right before I got married. And I was just in a place with God and God was like, like Jerry, like close is never close enough. Mm-hmm. Like, like to be in me is the closest you could ever be. So if you're getting closer to me, then that means that there has to be distance because if you're living inside of me, there's no closer than you can be. Mm, That's good. And so God was kind of revealing to me kind of like what was creating the distance. And so I remember like the first chapter or the first day on that devotional, I remember it starting. Jesus was like, who do you say I am? Like right when he asked the disciples, Mm -hmm. you're Moses, you're the, you're the king, you're this. And then Peter says, for you are the son of the living God. He says, only my father in heaven could have told you that. Mm. Well, in this book, God is asking the reader the same question. Who do you say I am? Am I just the person that you meet on Sundays? Am I your religious tradition? Am am I the person that you only cry to when things are broken? Like, am I just an idea to you? Mm. He's like, because in order for us to really restore this closeness into oneness, me and you have to be on the same page about who you say I am. And right now you and I are in disagreement. And so that whole devotional was really kind of coming against all of the ideas, all of the falsehoods, all of the lies that we have believed about God and him undoing them and leading us to the truth of who he has always been. So we can always be in the closest place, which is oneness with him. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's what that devotional has been about. So, yeah. Well, I love that too. When you, you talk about the first one um, home, right. Yeah. Um, just about abiding. And I love that, um, that chapter in John, and in, in other yeah. versions, they abide, they'll, they'll put remain and, mm-hmm. you know, remain slash abide is there yeah. probably 15 times in that chapter. Yeah. And I actually, yeah. I actually wrote a song called remain from that on our mm-hmm. um, portrait yeah. of worship album, but okay. there was, there's something about resolving to remain and, yeah. and there's in that, in that resolve, it's, it doesn't matter if I'm in the marketplace and things are crazy at work or if, yeah. you know, my marriage is falling apart or, you know, different situations that people may be finding themselves in right now Mm -hmm. to resolve, to remain, to resolve, to abide Mm -hmm. means that you're Mm -hmm. making every decision with his presence in mind and from that place of presence. And, and I think when we have that, that mindset of I will remain today in the chaos, I will remain father today. Um, And, and, you know, so often in, when we're in our, prayer closets or in the worship times or things at home in our devotions, there's such a peace that comes with that. And there's like, why can't I have this always? Well, we can, (laughs) we can. And it's, I I love that you walk people through those different rooms because there is inner healing that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. There are perspective changes that need to to happen and shift Mm -hmm. our perspective from our places of woundedness, yeah. um, from our places of religion where God was uh, portrayed 
not as a God of love and as a God of forgiveness and as a, as a, a lover of our hearts. Yeah. Um, and, and there is some, there is some undoing, some untying of those right. things that needs to happen. And I, so I think that's so awesome that you've, you've written these resources yeah. because that's what they are. They're resources yeah. that people can glean from and pull from and you walk them through mm-hmm. that right. process because you went through it. Absolutely. You can lead the way for others. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And in addition to your uh, resources, how yeah. else how else do you take people on this journey? Yeah. And you know, the show is coming up higher and this, yeah. I love, I love what we're talking about because that's about coming up higher and seeing yeah. like his elevated perspective. And yeah. um, so I know, I know you talked about first love ministries. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know you do like Instagram lives and Facebook lives and stuff. So tell yeah. us how you're, how you're helping people go through this journey. Yeah, man, it's crazy. So like, um, you know, it's so interesting, like, you know, we, we're taught and we have to be careful as believers because like the world like we're in, we're, we're all about hustle. It's about right. faster. It's about the, it's about the long game, you know, short distance. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but in scriptures, it's lower and slower. <laughs> That's good. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Lower and slower. Like, like no matter what, what pace the world's moving in, because they, they're moving because they have no hope. They're moving because they have no future inside of themselves. So the only thing that they can run for is now, right? And so, but for us, like it's it's just it's in the it's just it's just in the receiving as sons and daughters. So I'm saying all that to say, like all these opportunities that you see literally are just like divine moments with people. Like I don't, I don't do schedules on Instagram. I'm not posting three times a day. I'm not making sure you guys get three videos a week, which I'm not knocking. I'm saying there has to, there is a, there is a platform of creating consistency with audiences. But for me, it's a little different because my content has a certain depth to it that I I can't feed it consistently. I need to let people digest over what the Lord has called me to give them. Right. Yeah. And so in one moment, you may not hear nothing from me for a month. And then, oh, I didn't know you were dropping yeah. a video project. So <laughs> I got connected with uh, a young lady on social media. Her name is Jessica John in London. And mm-hmm. I just saw her post one day. I was like, wow, man, she's, she's really like in the same place that I am. And so we ended up having like a prophetic moment uh, and some DMs or whatever. And the next thing you know, we just have to start having these God conversations. And she was like, we should probably go live with this. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. Right. So like three weeks ago, we started it, and it's just been a thing that people have gravitated to. So, this last week, uh, we did overcoming suicidal thoughts, which mm-hmm. is something that I feel like we as the church have kind of like tiptoed around until like somebody dies from it. Then we talk about it, then we like draw away from it. Right. And, but it was something that God like really wanted to attack. And man, like the way that the Lord ministered to the both of us and really encouraged a lot of people, especially during this time right now, mm-hmm. where everyone's kind of like, they don't know what they can grab a hold to or cling to because everything is falling away so fast. And then you begin to have that battle in that mind of saying, man, God, if, if my things have been taken, mm. then, then what's left of me, right? right? Because mm. we put our identity in creation instead of the creator. Mm-hmm. And so, man, with these videos have just been timely. And, and Jessica and I, we just come together. We ask the Lord, like, hey, what do you want us to give to people? And what yeah. was so crazy about that video, how we knew it was God, is because that morning before we ever hit the live button, she got a call that someone in her church had committed suicide. Wow. And so everything that the Lord has just been dropping just regarding those videos with Jessica has just been all God related, God formed. 
And man, it's just been such a timely word, especially for the quarantine, especially for the state and status of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, so not only just that, um, but also as uh, a crazy testimony with, uh, so I just recently transitioned to a new church. I go to church home now, which is the church of pastor Judah Smith. Uh, so I go to the Kirkland campus here and how that happened was I've been at a church for over two years. It's where I met Tyler and his family. It's like my home church here. Mm-hmm. And we just went one day just to get connected and end up walking out and got connected with some people, invited me to like a mixer at some lady's house, went to the mixer, come to find out the lady's house that I was at. She was like the lady, her and her husband had purchased the building for Pastor Judah's father when they first launched the ministry. They were like millionaires, missionaries, and they were known all around the world. Hmm. So I meet this lady 30 minutes into having a conversation with her. She's like, I just feel like the Lord just wants you to start a community in my home. She was like, what kind of community do you want to start? I was like, Marlene, I don't even know you. What you talking about? Like, <laughs> I don't even go to your church. It's like, oh, okay. Well, what is the Lord saying either way? I was like, I would really love to start a prayer community. So mm-hmm. fast forward, divine things happen. I'm now in this hiking small group. Well, one day we're like having a church online at one of our friends' house who's hosting. My friend Mindy, she's like, Jeremy, why don't you pray over the food? I was like, sure. <laughs> I said a little prayer. Her friend who had came for the first time was like, wow, I have never heard anyone pray like that before. <laughs> and I was like, pray like what? She's like, I've been knowing God all my life and I pray like a kindergartner. And I, was just like, I mean, I could teach you. She's like, I would love that. <laughs> so I leave. I was like, Mindy, set that up. I'd really love to encourage a friend. So Mindy starts a group chat and she's like, Jeremy, there's like eight people who want to come to this. Okay. She's like, would you want to host it at your house? I'm like, sure. So I set my home up, like 10 people come over and they just wanted to know how to Mm -hmm. hear the voice of God. Mm -hmm. And man, I'm telling you, man, it was four hours of like, God just literally sat in the room with us. Like you could feel him sitting there. Mm -hmm. Indian style cross was like, I'm, I'm so present in this. And so we've been doing this now every week. They've been wanting to make it a thing. And so we come together awesome. and they're just like, all right, guys, where do you guys want to encounter today? Yeah. And then last week we had literally, you could see the Holy Spirit, like for the first time people encountered it, like literally on a Zoom call. It was insane. I mean, the presence of God, you could feel like through the call. And so, uh, so I've just been raising up a community in church home within our small group with a select group of people who want to be a part of it where we're just teaching them how to literally walk in the presence of God and know who their identity is and know who God's character is. And so that's one area. And then uh, me and Tyler and his family, we've been doing a family Bible study for over a year now together. So I've been discipling them and man, they nice. are ready. Awesome. Ooh. And Tyler's Tyler's the one that's been walking out of the door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That flash of yellow. <laughs> that flash of yellow. Tyler, <laughs> y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, man, he's he's my best friend in the entire world. He's that's he's awesome. My brother, um, their family is my family. They're the godparents and god family of my daughter. Oh, I do everything with them, and man, they have just grown so fast and just so tremendously. Man, our dad, dude, I'm telling you, he is like the father of God. Like, oh. in flesh. like yeah, dude, I've never seen a dad love the way that God loves his kids, man. And we are just like oh. transformed by his love daily. Mom's amazing. And Tyler's like just getting ready to shoot out like an arrow. So, you know, those have just been the ways that I've been able to, you know, just, you know, pour out Jesus and the people around me. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, and just, you know, creating communities where I can literally teach people like who God is, because that's the first place that we have to start before people start becoming servants and leaders. Right. I was like, bro, who has discipled you? I don't care what your gift is. Like the first 30 years of Jesus's life was just resting in sonship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so interesting that when we come into salvation, the first thing people want to do is put a baton in your hand and wonder why mm-hmm. people are exhausted, burnt out and don't have That's fire. Because They have no idea how to rest in salvation before they're actually given a leadership position. And so that's been one of the things for me is literally teaching people what sonship looks like from the father's perspective, that you don't have to chase after a calling. You don't have to chase after a purpose or a mm-hmm. destiny. Like yeah. You don't even have to resource it, research it. It's all in your identity and oneness with him. Mm-hmm. It all gets unveiled. And so that's kind of been like my practices lately of how I've been able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, I'm reminded of that verse in Romans where I believe it's in Romans where it says the earth is, is groaning for the manifested sons and daughters to arise. And, and what would the earth look like if, if we had, a body of Christ, a bride of Christ right. that was fully walking in the identity that God was spoken over them uh, before the foundations of the earth were laid. He knew our names. Mm-hmm. And and what would it look like as a whole people if we uh, infiltrated the earth with Man. his kingdom on earth as it oh, is in heaven? Gosh. And so oh I, I, I just, I, that's always been our heart is that, you know, whether we're on a stage or, or if we're just at home alone in, in front of my piano in front with her guitar, whatever it is that, um, that it's important to know his heart and to connect with his heart first, because if, if you're not, if you're not plugged in mm-hmm. to uh, the secret place and that communion with him, like we said before, the abiding in him, mm-hmm. you can't fully be those manifested sons and daughters that are going to change the earth. Um, like, like he's called us to. And so I, I love that you're, you're mentoring people and and you're, um, guiding people through that process. Mm -hmm. And I think something that's like really prominent in our world and you touched on it was like, okay, you get saved or, or they find out you have an anointing or gifting and then they just throw you in there and you know, here's the baton run with it. But what we've realized is that God, God doesn't work through the ambition but he actually works through um, hiding you and, and, and you being hidden. And I knew when I would say the word hidden that you, <laughs> you would have something to say about that. But I just want, I want you to talk to the people who maybe feel like maybe they have, um, you know, these big dreams and goals that God's given them or people have prayed like amazing things over them, but they're not seeing it. And in fact, like their life looks like the opposite and they're being That's hidden yeah. and, you know, they're not they're not promoting themselves and they're, they're not getting the opportunities they want to. What would you say to people listening that are like, I know I have promises and things I'm supposed to do, but my life looks so contrary. Okay. Um, man, the biggest encouragement I would do Matthew six, Matthew six thirty three is the thing that always brings me back to what my first pursuit is. Seek ye first the kingdom mm-hmm. of God and his righteousness. Yes. And then all these things shall be added. So, no matter how big a dream is, no matter how big a passion is on earth, it will never compare to what you have already succeeded in the highest point of success with God in heavenly places. Yeah. It will never compare to it. I don't care what it is that we're called to do on earth. It is no comparison mm. to what we have inherited through Christ's work in heaven and all heavenly places that we will receive the benefit from for all of eternity. So I think the reason why people struggle in these seasons where Where are the open doors? Where are the mantles? Where are the fulfillment of all these things spoken? 
is because we're looking for our work to satisfy us instead of being satisfied by the work of Jesus that's already right. finished. So good. Yeah. And so we have already been seated at the highest place with Christ. So there's no dream, there's no destiny, there's no purpose or call that will ever go higher than being seated at that place with him. Right. There is nothing that you can receive or inherit on earth, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a gift, that will ever go higher than all the gifts and rewards and inheritance that comes with being in co-capture with Jesus. And so the reason why a lot of us struggle in those seasons is because we're trying to make our earthly life greater than our heavenly life, and it never will be that. Mm-hmm. And so when we abide in Christ, the goal is that the fixation, the obsession, the dream, the imagination, all of our creativity, all of the opportunities, all of the favor we long for is in him and in him alone. Yeah, and so right. much of us, that yep. we forget that we are pilgrims here. When we're trying to build residency here, we still want to be American and we still want to be Christian and wonder why we struggle with faith and remaining. And there's no (laughs) mixture in them both. We either are a citizen of heaven or we're a citizen of earth, but you cannot be both. You cannot be both because there's no part of our identity that God formed nor made out of the reflection of anything outside of him. Mm. And so this is why he says, for I have put the desire of eternity in the heart of man. So that even wow. when you think you have filled your heart up with everything on earth, it's still not big enough. There's to always more. That's good. Eternity, right? <laughs> That's so good. But when we rest in him, when we remain in him, when we actually see him for who he is, how glorious he is, how phenomenal he is, how amazing he is. And then looking at all the identities of God, the God of Israel, Yahweh, Elohim, you look at all of his names, all of that God is living inside of you. And there is no dream that will ever be greater than encountering that God day by day with every breath in every moment, seeing him being able to make us like him. There is no greater dream than that. And that's why we get lost Mm -hmm. in trying to have our earthly life be incomparable to the heavenly life. And the heavenly life is what we're all living for. Mm -hmm. So once we shift our focus from trying to make our life here on earth, try to be bigger than our life in heavenly places, then that's when we'll actually be able to sit and be able to rest no matter what comes or what doesn't. That's so good. You just preached on that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I about fell out in the spirit. I know. (laughs) Come on now. Come on. And that's, you know, I, I have been in frustrating places in life and, and, you know, we've talked about on this podcast where we talk about expectations and I thought I was going to be further along by now or, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff. And, yeah. and I had to come to the, the realization, well, the Holy spirit, the father spoke to me uh, and, and I had to come to the, just the place where, where I, I began to say, if the only heart I move today is the father's mm-hmm. with my gifting and with my anointing, then I've already done enough. And you know, like you were saying, seek ye first the kingdom. Yes. If that's the only thing I do, if that's the the only thing I accomplish in a day, then that's, that's it. You know, that, that's all, that's all I need. And I really, I really think our generation, you know, the social media generation and the platform generation, which I'm so thankful for these, these gifts and, and we're able to reach more people through this, but it has to be from a place of authenticity and, and a place that's, that's from the heart of the father and who we are in him. And so I just, everything you were saying is, is just so, so right on and and what we've experienced. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Well, 
we're going to wrap up today's episode. It's hard to believe it's already been that. that <laughs> I know. That so we're going to have you. We're we're going to have you on again. So this is this is just Let's the first of many. I was so. just about to say, like, I have a feeling you're going to be a regular I already, guest. I already have another topic <laughs> we're going to dive into. So. <laughs> Yeah, so um, we want to let uh, all of our listeners know how they can get a hold of you. Um, what's the best way to reach you? Where can they find your resources? All that good stuff. Yeah, man. Uh, I have a page on Facebook, the Jeremy Watkins page, um, where I can have unlimited people follow. So just facebook.com backslash Hey Love It's Jer. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and, uh, and then Instagram, just Jeremy A. Watkins. Um, always open to create connection and chat, man. So hit me up. We'd love to love to do life and connect with all of you guys. Awesome. And we'll have that information in the description as well of this podcast. So it'd be easy for y'all to find. Yeah. And you also have a podcast, the heart care podcast. I do. I yes. do. Yeah. That, <laughs> so I can't believe we missed that. <laughs> oh man. It's all good. It's, it's, the heart care podcast is, is was created for to teach people how to live from the heart. And, uh, and so I won't get deep into it, but there's uh, seven episodes into it where the first uh, series is talking about what community is not and what community is supposed to be from God's perspective. So guys can check that out. And uh, I think it'll definitely challenge your brains. I think it's a good one. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. So go, if you're listening, check out his resources, follow him, subscribe to his podcast because uh, you won't regret it. We yes. love, we love following him and his stuff. We love your heart and your ministry and we'll be, keeping, yeah, we'll be keeping you in our prayers and that cute little girl of yours. Yes. She's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> No one follows me for, for the Jesus. <laughs> I literally get messages where people are like, hey, Jerry, that's cool, the God stuff. Where's Ava at? Like, oh, yeah. my gosh. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for being on the show. Yeah. yeah. It's and such a great conversation we've had today and uh, many more to come. So thank you guys yeah. for, for listening and uh, coming up higher with us today. And uh, we just hope you guys have a blessed day. Yes, and don't forget to subscribe and rate our podcast. Yep. We love you guys. Bye. <laughs>